Welcome to the Money Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Torres. This episode is brought to you by Crowdsourced Books. Crowdsourced Books provides you with all the resources you need to become a successful author. You can find out more by visiting crowdsourcedbooks.com. All right, now let's jump into the episode. Welcome to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. Today, I'm very excited. I have on the line Marta Gretka, and she's going to share some of her top tips. Uh, Marta, but first, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, we've been trying to connect for a little bit now. I know you're traveling abroad right now, which um, you're, you're doing often. Um, what, what country are you in right now? I'm currently in Sydney, Australia. Okay, it's hard 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 to keep track of you. Um, but before we get into some of your uh, your your global um, your global work, uh, let's just start with you know your your involvement as an entrepreneur. How did you get started? You know, I was I loved this question when I knew that you were going to ask it uh, of me. And what I realized was actually I think my my entrepreneurial kind of track started when I really started on an international path. Um, so the first times I started, you know, kind of going overseas, exploring other cultures, you know, I always had really that pull and curiosity. Um, and I think that that really in and of itself, you know, kind of causes you to be entrepreneurial in terms of the way that you operate and think and expand, you know, the, the way of being um, in your in your life overall. So really from a very little age when I started traveling on my own and then eventually through university going overseas to study, um, that for me I think is the beginning. But then from a professional standpoint, I was really lucky that I was one of the early um, people at America Online um, back in the days with Steve Case and Bob Pittman and uh, the whole team creating all of the AOL Anywhere products and doing the first real digital offerings, you know, all the things that we take for granted today back then were non-existent. So I was part of the team, you know, helping to communicate to people and teach them about the possibilities of new media, digital technologies, etc. Um, and then from there, I actually had several corporate jobs where I happened to be on the forefront of creating a communications department from scratch which, you know, building something new and different even in a corporate environment is in and of itself an entrepreneurial venture. Um, and then around, I would say, the early 2000s, people started coming to me on the side for help in various areas, and I was doing it for free and for fun, and then I realized, wow, this could be a little side business. And that's when I started my first uh, business um, in Los Angeles in Santa Monica called Smart Image. And then from there, it's kind of progressed, and I've had two other companies. Mm. Let, let's talk about that a little bit more. So, you know, for the uh, as I mentioned to you, a lot of the people listening to this podcast, business owners, entrepreneurs, executives, some are, you know, working at a corporate job, and, you know, and, and they maybe want to go out on their own. Some are out on their own, and maybe they want to transition back to a corporate job because they don't, you know, they found out the entrepreneur lifestyle is not for them. Um, so that idea of, you know, doing something for fun or for free um, before going into um, business on your own, I mean, what did that, if you can remember, what did that time period look like for you? Was that kind of a, how did that look? 
Well, I think how it looked back then and how I would advise people to think about it now probably are a little bit different. You know, back then it really started actually with people. um, um, I had gotten my job at the Motion Picture Association uh, in Los Angeles in in somewhat of a miraculous way, I would say. And based on that, you know, it was through the power of my network and my reputation, I had just moved to Los Angeles and um, received this job seemingly out of nowhere. There was much more that went into it at that point in time. However, based on that, people started coming to me for help um, getting jobs and doing their resume and kind of a personal branding type of a thing. And so, you know, it started very organically, innocently enough until it dawned on me that I was also then doing it for other artists, creators, you know, Los Angeles is full of them, you know, people who are having a hard time, you know, articulating their value to a bigger market. And then it actually, at a certain point, included small business owners as well. So that time was was kind of very organic, very spontaneous, and really wasn't something that I intended or desired to have as a as a primary source of income. However, the reason it's interesting to talk about it now again is that what it actually gave me was a vehicle through which, when I chose to finally move to Asia, um, the company that hired me, which was another corporate, it was Corn Ferry International, they at first didn't know that they needed someone like me full time. So they actually hired Smart Image and they hired me as a consultant through Smart Image to go to Singapore and evaluate their needs and then see about creating a job. So what's interesting in that whole story was that I actually ended up being able to get my, my next corporate job through the fact that I had that side gig, um, which I've seen a lot of people do. But what I advise people now, you know, I think the danger today a little bit um, is that this whole gig economy, I'm not sure there really are the niche markets that would sustain everybody going out and hanging their own hat and their own shingle and saying, hey, I have a business. So what I advise people is to give themselves at least two years with some other form of steady income where they are able to start, you know, kind of offering, sounding out, and really getting a sense, getting the, getting their core foundation in place to, to, to build a viable business and to see if it really is for them. Um, and I can speak more about, you know, what I see as a potential upside and downside to that, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, so let's see. A couple things you mentioned. So gig economy, that's um, that's a big deal. And I have this conversation with people often of, of, you know, what's the capacity of, like, innovation? And like you said, can everyone just go out and hang their own shingle? And it's kind of weird to think, like, okay, well, you think pre-industrial revolution, I mean, at least numbers here, when it was mostly an agricultural type, you know, society, let's say, um, or, or based. Um, you know, what, 90% or whatever the number is. I don't know the exact number. Most people were entrepreneurs. Then, industrial, um, you know, the Industrial Revolution happened, and that's how we built infrastructure, other things. That So then now we're, you know, obviously um, that the type of society we're in. And now it's a weird kind of like, you know, transfer to where it's like, okay, it's getting back to the good idea, um, which we kind of arrived at originally, but now – with let's say a lot of different tech driven things being what what's taking place versus a obviously agriculture way back when so it's a interesting evolution um that's taking place which obviously is happening very quickly um but I want to talk a little bit more about your advisory services and and if you can just tell me a little bit more about what you do at MG Global and kind of what you do for your clients that'd be great 
Yeah, well, at, at Global, what I do for, you know, for this segment is I actually am doing a lot of mentoring right now in terms of helping executives, as you said, that are contemplating making that tr transition from corporate to, you know, independent, um, help them really figure out, okay, what would it take to make that a viable offering that can sustain them and also really create value for organizations. I also then mentor startups, um, and I think that this is what's interesting is you really start to see the distinction then between gig economy versus real entrepreneurship and, you know, having a real uh, entrepreneurial in venture. So even for myself, I don't consider myself an entrepreneur. I would say that I'm more entrepreneurial in terms of created different opportunities for myself over the years. But really, when you start looking at, you know, mentoring and advising, you know, people who are playing, say, in fintech or in new media or whatever it is that they're trying to be part of the positive disruption element, I help them create global first strategies and really look at, do they have an original idea? How are they going to be protecting that idea as they go global? And then what is the one way? Um, and what is the value that they can be creating on a bigger scale that will then not only help differentiate themselves in the market, but also really make a po positive contribution in the world at large? Let's talk a little bit more about the whole the whole global first. Because some of the people listening to this may not be familiar with that term or kind of what that process looks like. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Sure. Um, well, I think, you know, when you, when people are out and they have a great idea, and it's, you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't, with, with some of the people that you've talked to, um, you know, it's amazing how, you know, people get very passionate and it's very well-intentioned and, and very innocent almost, or they're, they're looking at an idea that they think, ooh, this is a way that we can make more money in this market, or this is really, you know, a cool idea that we're we're passionate about. But actually, they haven't taken the time to look at the bigger picture, and they really, surprisingly sometimes, aren't aware of the fact that the market that they're trying to enter really is already flooded. Um, and so that's the first thing, like, you know, just even looking at the bigger picture in the world, who else is doing what you're doing and how have they done it? Um, what, what does it remind you of, even if it's not in your city, you know, state or country? Looking at it from that perspective, but then also looking at, you know, the global needs that bind all of us together as human beings and what are those core needs that could translate across borders um, and, and that could serve a bigger population and where are those markets. Um, you know, there is a lot of, and where are those markets where it's not just the obvious suspects? You know, right now a lot of people, you know, they look at Asia and China and there's a lot of talk between what's going on in San Francisco and, and, and China and there's a lot of naivete in terms of, okay, well what are the relationships that you need? Um, how long do you need to be in China? Again, how far ahead are they already that you might not be aware of just because of some assumptions? that you're having about, you know, America first, for instance. Um, and and that, I think, is the simplest way that I could explain it. There's more behind that than that. But I think in terms of global first strategies, it's really looking at what is the longer-term potential if you do think bigger and or, you know, if you do think bigger, what then are the awarenesses that you can get that kind of put into context what it is you're trying to do so that you can refine it and be even more successful, even if you stay more in a very, um, a more narrow niche. No, that's great. That's all great uh, information. And 
for anybody listening to this that's thinking about launching a product, I suggest you listen to this again, especially if it's something that you maybe you you want to be uh, large and you're thinking globally with it, or maybe you're not. You're thinking very locally, but you haven't assessed the overall market. Um, you know that that this is all great advice, and I think that you're the first pro- uh, podcast guest that's brought that up. So I appreciate that. Um, where Thank can you. people where can people find you? So if somebody's like they have they're they're listening to this and they're like you know I have a product I'm thinking of, or maybe they have a product that's already launched and they're pretty successful with, but now they're looking at what it looks like to take it international. Um, where can people reach you? Yep, they can reach me at Marta M A R T A at M Global advisory.com all right fantastic well hey marta i appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, have a wonderful day thank you thank you so much